As you will recall from our last two talks, great victories prepare us for great testings. The fact we've had a great victory doesn't mean we'll never be tested. Rather, it means we'll be better equipped for the next test. Second, the bitter pool was in God's program. He had a purpose in bringing his people there. It was he who led them there. And that's true often in our lives. The bitter pool is part of God's program he has a purpose. Third, the question is not whether we will experience testing, but only how we will respond to the testing. Fourth, in this case of the bitter pool, there were two alternative responses. The people grumbled, Moses prayed. The people who grumbled got nothing. The man who prayed got the answer. The next principle to Moses' prayer of faith, God in turn responded with a new revelation of himself. And that was God's purpose, to bring his people to the place where they could receive the revelation that he had for them. And I summed that up in that little phrase, man's disappointments are God's appointments. Today I'm going to speak about the revelation that God had for his people there at the bitter pool. There were two aspects to the revelation. The first was the revelation of the healing tree. The second was the revelation of God, the healer. Today I'm going to speak about the first aspect of that revelation, the healing tree. Let's look back for a moment at the particular verse in Exodus 15 which speaks about that tree. Exodus 15, verse 25, Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. So the, the solution to the problem was found there in that tree. Now that tree speaks of one of the main themes of the entire Bible. It speaks of another tree that was raised perhaps 2,400 years later, on a hill called Golgotha, the cross. 
Whenever you read in the Bible about a tree, you should be alert to see if there is really a reference to the cross of Jesus. We need to understand the Hebrew use of the word tree, which I touched on the other day. In the Hebrew language, the word for tree is used for a tree when it's growing, but it's still used for a tree after it's been cut down, when it's maybe just a long pole or some such thing, still referred to as a tree. So a tree can also be a gibbet, a gallows, or a cross. Let's look at some of the examples. First of all, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 21, verses 22 and 23. If a man guilty of a capital offense is put to death and his body is hung on a tree, you must not leave his body on the tree overnight. Be sure to bury him that same day, because anyone who is hung on a tree is under God's curse. Though there was a way of executing a person which was often followed in the Old Testament, the person was hung on a tree. Sometimes he was killed first and then hung on the tree. Sometimes he was killed by hanging him on the tree. But the law of Moses stated that no man must ever be left hanging on a tree overnight because anyone who hangs on a tree is a curse. And you will remember in the record of the crucifixion of Jesus, after Jesus had died on the cross, the Jewish religious leaders went to Pontius Pilate and asked that the body might be taken down because they did not want it to remain there over the following holy day. They did not want that curse displayed on a holy day. Now, Paul takes this ordinance of the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy, and in the epistle to the Galatians, he uses it to interpret the full significance of the death of Jesus on the cross. This is what Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. That's a quotation from the passage in Deuteronomy I just read. He, that's Christ, redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So, you see, in God's purpose of redemption, Jesus was permitted to become a curse. He took the curse that was due to a lost, fallen race, to our Adamic race. He became that curse, that he might redeem us from the curse, and that in place of the curse we might inherit the blessing. And the evidence that Jesus became a curse for us was that he was hung on that tree on the cross. And so those who knew the word of God from the Old Testament knew that in that act, Jesus, in the purpose of God, became a curse that we might receive the blessing. So that's the exchange. Jesus became the curse that we might receive the blessing. That's like the waters of Marah. Jesus took the bitter that we might be able to drink the sweet. He took the curse that we might have the blessing. So when you think of the tree that was cast into the water, you want to think of the cross of Jesus and the fact that on that cross, Jesus took the bitter curse that we might have the sweetness of the blessing. So that Moses casting that tree into the pool 
is an example or a pattern or a picture of you and me taking what was accomplished on our behalf on the cross and using it to make our bitter pool sweet. I'd also like to read a passage in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, where again the cross is referred to as a tree and the same truth is brought out. He himself, that's Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Again, Jesus became sin that we might receive his righteousness. He was wounded that we might be healed. All that is brought out in the use of the word tree for the cross. It was on that tree that full healing was obtained for the whole human race. Spiritual healing from sin, physical healing from sickness, deliverance from the curse, the right to inherit the blessing. All that was accomplished through that tree which is the cross. And so as you picture in your mind Moses casting the tree into the bitter water that it might be made sweet, then you can picture yourself taking the truth of the cross, applying it in your life, and turning your bitter pool into sweetness. The healing and the deliverance that come from that tree, which is the cross, the cross of Jesus, must be applied in our lives by an act of faith. Just as Moses, by an act of faith, threw that tree into the bitter water, so we too have to exercise faith when we confront that bitter pool, faith in what Jesus accomplished on the cross, and as it were, metaphorically, take that tree and throw it into the bitter pool. There must be an act of faith to release that miracle-working power that's in the cross of Jesus Christ to make the bitter waters sweet. And I want to suggest to you certain very simple practical steps that you can take in your life if you're confronted by the bitter pool to change that bitter pool into sweet. First of all, recognize that the bitter pool is in God's program. God led you there. He knows all about it, and he has the remedy. Second, let God deal with any defects in your character that have been exposed by the bitter pool. If you've grumbled when you should have prayed, Bear in mind there's something in you that has to be dealt with by the Holy Spirit. Third, by faith accept what Jesus did for you on the cross. His own self, he bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we might be dead to sin and live to righteousness, by whose wounds you were healed. Not you will be healed, but you were healed. As far as God's concerned, it's already done. It's finished. It's accomplished. And now listen, here's the fourth and the vital step. Begin to thank God for what Jesus has done on your behalf. Begin to receive by thanking him whatever it is you need. Forgiveness, healing, whether it's emotional or physical. Release from resentment, bitterness, rebellion, confusion. You see, thanking God in faith corresponds to throwing that tree into the water. The purest expression of faith that you and I are capable of is simply thanking God, not seeing any change, not waiting for the evidence, but believing what God says about the cross of Jesus and then beginning to thank him for what was done on our behalf on the cross. Thanking him releases that miracle-working power to change the bitter water to sweet. Our theme this week has been Life's Bitter Pool. This has been based on the experience of the Israelites in the desert when they came to the pool of Marah 
and found the water too bitter to drink. You remember they'd had that tremendous deliverance? They'd passed through the Red Sea as though on dry ground, and then they'd gone out into the wilderness for three days, found no water, come to a pool, thought that they would be able to drink it, and then, to their disappointment, found that it was bitter and could not be drunk. And I've suggested to you that there's a bitter pool somewhere in the life of nearly every one of us, a place of bitter disappointment, where something that gleams and shines and seems so beautiful is not really what we thought it would be. I suggested some examples that are common in our contemporary culture today, kinds of bitter pools that you and I may have faced or may have to face. A broken marriage, a business failure, a health breakdown, or disillusionment with a human leader. And yet we saw, as we studied that incident in the history of Israel, that the bitter pool was in God's program for Israel. And I believe the same can be true in the life of each one of us. God permits us to come to the bitter pool because he has a purpose. Then when God's purpose is accomplished, the bitter, through the supernatural work of God, turns to sweet if we respond aright to God's dealings. It's so important that we respond aright. Today I'm going to express this vital truth of our experience as a comprehensive principle that operates in every area of life. In fact, I would say that God has built this principle into the operation of the universe itself. There are two passages I particularly have in mind that state the principle. The first is found in the Old Testament. The second, which we look at later, is found in the New. First, we look at the passage in the Old Testament. It's found in Hosea chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. This is a prophetic passage which I believe is coming into fulfillment in our day. It's the promise of God to his people Israel to restore them, to restore them to himself, to restore them to the blessings that he has for them, to restore them to their land. And here in Hosea, he describes the way that he's going to work out their restoration. I want you to listen carefully because as so often, the way God does things is not the way you and I would expect him to do things. And therefore, we have to be, as it were, watchful or we'll miss what God is doing. This is what the Lord says concerning the restoration of Israel in Hosea 2, verses 14 through 16. Therefore, I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her. See, sometimes God begins to allure us. That word is a rather mystical word. It's, it contains the thought of somehow dealing with us in a way that we don't fully understand, and yet we feel drawn. He says, I will lead her into the desert. The desert is not normally the place of blessing. And speak tenderly to her. Literally in Hebrew, the Lord says, I will speak to her heart. That's a very beautiful expression in Hebrew. You see, it's not always possible for God to speak to our heart. Sometimes our heart is closed. Sometimes we're not responsive. So God has to work in our lives and bring about situations like bringing Israel into the desert where he can speak to our heart. Then this is what he says. Once he's gained her attention, there I will give her back her vineyards, and will make the valley of Echor 
a door of hope. You need to know that in Hebrew the word echor means trouble. I will make the valley of trouble a door of hope. That phrase door of hope in Hebrew is petach tikva, and it's the name of one of the major suburbs of Tel Aviv today. But it's taken there from that passage in Hosea. I will make the valley of Echor a door of hope. There she will sing as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt. And you notice we, we saw earlier in the story of the bitter pool how Miriam and all the women of Israel sang there on the shores of the Red Sea. God says, I'm going to give her back a song. Maybe I'm talking to some right now who've lost the song. I think it's tragic when a Christian loses that song. You used to have a song in your heart. You used to praise the Lord so freely and spontaneously. And now there's a heaviness. There's a doubt. There's a kind of sense of being left out. God wants to give you your back, your song. There she will sing as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt. And now we come to the purpose of God, the revelation. Just as at the bitter pool, there's a revelation of himself that God wants to give. In that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. You will no longer call me my master. See, under the old covenant, Israel's relationship to the Lord was a marriage relationship, but they knew him as Baal, as, as master. It was, a, it, was a, it was a relationship not really based on heart commitment, on deep personal love. But God says, when I restore you, you'll not come back on the same level of revelation. You'll come back on a higher revelation. You won't just call me my master. You'll call me my husband. That's a very intimate word in Hebrew. I'll show you myself in a new light. I'll show you myself as the one who loves you, as a husband loves his wife. It's a revelation of love, of deep tenderness. So you see, God's purpose in dealing with Israel was to bring them to a new revelation of himself. When I see in history all the infinite wisdom and patience of God he has expended in dealing with Israel and is still expending, I, I take tremendous courage in my own life. I think if God is so patient with, with a nation, then he can be that patient with me. And even if I do have to go through the valley of trouble, if I will continue, if I will persevere, not give up, not turn back, not grumble, not start to complain, then that valley of trouble will become for me, as for Israel, a door of hope, a door that leads me to a new and deeper and fuller revelation of the Lord, a revelation of his love and his compassion and his tenderness. You know, sometimes it's only in seasons of grief that we can really appreciate compassion and tenderness. So if it's the bitter pool, bear in mind that out of the bitter pool, God is going to reveal himself to you if you will let him speak to your heart. Now I want to illustrate this same principle of God's dealings from a passage in the New Testament, in the writings of Paul, where Paul is writing in a very personal vein about experiences that he himself had gone through, very hard, difficult experiences. The passage is found in 2 Corinthians Chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. 
We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, literally it's from such a death, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. There's a man speaking out of personal experience. He said, we were under such pressure, we despaired of life. It was far beyond our ability to endure. Do you suppose that Paul was out of the will of God in that situation? There's no indication, whatever. He was in the full will of God. He was doing the purpose of God. He was being used of God. And yet God permitted him to come into that situation of pressure where it seemed the very life was being pressed out of him. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt, I can't take another step? There's not one more ounce of pressure that I can endure. God, why are you permitting this? Well, Paul and many other servants of the Lord have been through that before you. And there is a reason. God's reason is stated by Paul. This happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. See, God wants to bring us to a place where we're at the end of all confidence in ourselves. We've reached the absolute limit of our own knowledge, our experience, our strength, our ability. We've entered into an experience of death, and then out of that death, God supernaturally moves to bring us into a resurrection which is on a far higher level than we were living on before we experienced that death. You see, God always is leading us upwards. He's leading us onwards. But if he's going to bring us into a resurrection, he has to bring us through a death. I've experienced that in my own life. And I remember I cried out to God once and I said, God, why do you only bless the things that first die and then are resurrected? And I felt God gave me this simple answer. He said, because when I'm allowed to resurrect something, I resurrect it in the form that I want it to be in. And so if you're going to go through an experience of death, remember there's a resurrection. Remember there's a new revelation of God, a deeper, fuller knowledge of God. If you'll just hang on and trust him and believe him. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Revolution One Dove Radio, The Razor. This is Mr. Aristar, local rabbi, high priest and minister of the Dunlap and Pearl Ministries as part of the syndicate of it. And sometimes I do traveling to other churches. Um, I'm still doing the COVID restrictions. We had, oh, here comes a little visitor. Um, I just got out of court celebrating. Um, I did my 120 days. Had a lot of problems with Antifa wanting to put me back into the prison because they think I should be with them. And got three or four people in trouble because they did something they wasn't supposed to do. They didn't read my Miranda rights. As of today, I'm free. I paid the $120 court cost and I'm done. Uh, the season right now is down. 
<clears throat> I'm kind of taking a hiatus and rest, recuperating still from uh, having Omicron or what they call a black Trojan horse. Um, <clears throat> I need to do. I've been doing my shopping, cleaning my house, and getting it ready because my whole house had COVID also nearly a year and a half ago. Um, I will be doing tonight the reading from Zola. Yes, you can hear my puppies down here. Life returns. I got a new house member. She had little ones. Right now they're at my feet playing. <laughs> they're only about two and a half weeks, three weeks old, so they're tiny compared to most dogs. They're schnauzers. Lovable little munchkins, but still they can be a pain when they need to be. Um so when I said I was taking an un Oh, yeah. oh, sorry, I'm yawning. It's three in the morning here. I sleep off ball. Um, I mean, I was taking a un leave of absence or a an extended vacation it's because the holiday season's coming in. I'm preparing for that a little bit in advance. Um, I do celebrate Rosh Hashanah, uh, which is if you. Trumpets. I also do Hanukkah, Sukkot, and other holidays, but I also do Christmas with that. So I blend it in because my family celebrates both. We honor Thanksgiving. We do fall feasts with uh, Halloween coming in, which my Halloween is not ghouls and goblins. I don't like that. I just do a fall decoration with the pumpkins around it every year. Um, I've had to do the 120 days because of certain issues, but I also took advantage of recuperating from stuff, Omicron, SARS, and other things. Um, those that didn't do it got run out of town, basically. We had a lot of Antifa and the Democratic Convention come in here trying to harass people and they got run out because they wouldn't stay in their homes that they rented to keep people from being sick. And they got sick themselves. Now they're going back to Florida and other places with devastation. I'm going to say something. Nearly a year and a half ago, I made a prediction about Biden taking office that things was going to get worse. We got a Cat 5 hurricane right now that made landfall. It took out most of Florida from Pensacola, from Key West to um, Key West and other islands dealing with Key West all the way up to Pensacola and past, um, which is quite interesting, to say the least. Um, nearly three-quarters of the state, all the state, DeSantis did evacuations. Those that didn't follow evacuations 
are stuck. They have no homes, no food, no businesses. And many of them were Antifa related. They went back to finding they have nowhere to live but tent cities during a pandemic of all things. They want things from America, but they don't want to follow laws for America. Heaven's sakes, I, I don't know why. And now they're living on the streets. Interesting. And yet my college says I'm no longer a student there because I've been gone for five years. Yet it's a pandemic and they have it open and they're not supposed to. I'm going to tell you now, those that harassed me to finish my science degree is finished. As soon as I pay that bill off, I'm transferring to another school who won't have me. Thank you. I've made my choice. Uh, I got a puppy here playing with my pants. I like that one. Um, yes, I have a science degree, um, but I'm planning to move it after I pay the 1800 starting in January. Uh, I start classes with a new school in January that are free. I'm not going to pay $4,000 to a college that don't do nothing. There's no teachers in it. They have one class out of who knows. I've been ridiculed and everything else. I was a student getting ready to go back, and they supply the food that I use. I pulled a grant from me from them over the food. They won't have food when students get back, unfortunately. Uh, I wouldn't go there. They don't wear masks. They don't follow mandates, and they certainly don't take shots. Uh, I don't uphold the shots they gave. Because three quarters of the people that had it ended up catching uh, monkeypox. So the school's got monkeypox in it now. And it's got to be humiliated for monkeypox. Um, meanwhile, uh, the city's cutting water off because of certain issues happening. They're having to redo water lines. I've got a water bill I've got to pay. Uh, you know, part of it was taken care of. I'll take care of the other part of it after they get the line's done. Um, but I'm not worried about that. Uh, the main focus now is, is getting through, getting my pipes fixed in the house, having it checked underneath by the city, those sorts of things. Um, right now I'm cleaning the house little by little. I do get tired. I go grocery shopping. I have to walk places because i got to order brakes for the car now and a battery. I'm not really worried about that. Uh, I'm focusing on here and now and what's got to be done. Um, I've had a lot of problems with certain people in the CAO trying to tell me how to run my home and run what I'm doing after Omicron. Um, I'm going to tell them, I'll get my house done. Stay away. Uh, I will accept help. But I don't want them dictating to me what has to be done. Uh, my house will be cleaned thoroughly. And when they come in, they can bring those people in to take stuff out. But I'm not going to lift it myself and hurt myself. Uh, I did that once before lifting a 80-pound radar, which is in the kitchen. I'm not going to set that out on the porch without help. 
I'm sorry. My husband can't lift it, neither can my mom. And they're expecting me to lift this stuff to a certain area so they can haul it off. Well, I'm not going to pay for somebody to come in to lift it. They're expecting me to pay when it's supposed to be free to me. I don't get it. Um, I'll get my own dumpster and do my own work, and I'll hire somebody to come in to do it. I'm not going to do it their way. Right now, my house is in lockdown, and they're coming in my house without my permission in lockdown, threatening me to turn me into the health department, yet I'm cleaning. Uh, I haven't seen the woman since, but I'll tell you this. Uh, they keep pressing. I'm going to bring in the police. They won't like it when I have them took off my premises. Um, the guy was nice that was with her that was taking over the case. Nice man. Um, but I'm not, right now, I'm preparing my office over across the way to move it into the bedroom because my husband's sick. We're getting ready for his sur colon, colon surgery. He's had a blood clot for nearly a year. Still on the medic COVID medication. Alec was with it. Uh, my mom's gone on to the region part of it so they can get ready for a kidney. I, I can't, I mean, you know, they can't expect me to do everything at one time and get everything off. It just doesn't work that way. Um, I have to do things in sequence. I run things in sequence. I get food in the house. I put it in my pantry. I clean my pantry, get it ready for winter. That's what I'm doing right now, cleaning the kitchen, a bedroom, and an office. Um, it'll only take a couple days, but still, I'm not going to bow down to anyone that's a Democrat telling me how I'm going to run my home. I'm sorry. This property was put in my care. It's my responsibility, and I'm slowly getting things in order. I got a gentleman I got to pay. And they're more worried about bringing people in before I pay him. And he's important. I'm doing one thing at a time to get the property structurally sound. Uh, I have no heating right now because my brother run the Freon out of the heater. The heater works, but it has no Freon. So I go bring somebody in to put Freon in it. And I don't know how much that's going to cost. It's got to be checked make sure it's working properly and all that and you get somebody in here I have to structure and plan along with schooling I told the little woman up front she says why don't you you need to go to work well the problem is my school prevents me from work because I have to be home with the military paying my classes and they require me to be home I'm an inherent giver I'm paid by the military through my mother's VA to be here. I go out and then I come back. I have to walk to do my shopping. But I have to do at least eight hours a day on interning. And I have my interning is here. I'm self-taught. I don't do what other people do because I honor the COVID mandates here in town. I even wear masks where appropriate. I go different places to get different things that my mother needs through the military. She gets commodities and stuff like this. I get those things and I bring them home. Plus I shop. I have food on my table when I need it. 
That's what I did today. She eats crackers and all this stuff. She has to have sugar. My husband has to have it as well because he has fluctuations. Uh, sometimes I like soda. I go get soda. Um, and they make it harder on me. But set aside. Um, this is just a trailer. To let you know we're going to start a new season. I'm going to be kind of slow. So it might be every two weeks I pump out about an hour's worth of things. I've been kind of curtailing the music for a while. Many people like the music uh, with the radio station. Um, I'm changing my genre a little bit and getting away from the international and moving to America. I, I switch back and forth, so if there's anything you want, just post it on my webpage. I'll get an email, and you can do what I want. So starting next week, we'll have the Zola Abbott letter for October. Um, I'll read that. We'll have other things I got here as I go along. But I want to get my house clean and focus in on that before I do anything. Um, I'm trying to get things in order and get things working. I'm fumigating, bug spraying. When Omicron come in, all it brought all sorts of things in. Uh, the sewers are trying to get rid of roaches, which come in the house and other things. Um, I'm just doing as I need to. I ask you to pray for Israel right now with breaking dawn going on. Iran is acting up. Russia's getting ready to fight nuclear war with Iran. And to those pastors that are on my ministry page, I sponsor them as well, Jewish as well as Gentile. Uh, my radio station is like a ministry. I reach out to people. I'm on 50 to 100 different networks. Um, I even get people in China on here. I'm global. Um, I don't brag. But I do a lot of stuff. Um, this is just a trailer of upcoming events. I've kind of had to put those events back because I've been very sick off and on. Taking care of little ones. Feeding dogs, taking care of my husband, giving him money to buy pizza, whatever he needs, uh, those kinds of things. Um, my life's not easy, but yet I deal with it. It's how it is. I have angels on my side and a father on my side, which is a good thing. Um, I will say the Son. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and then the name in the middle. That is the four corner. You got the Trinity with his name. Um, I teach the four corner philosophy a lot. Um, that's how I learn. Um, I have a lot of things I do. I'm not giving many prophecies, but I will say, so far, Biden has been a lot of worry for the nation. He's not helping America. He's making it worse. Now we have devastation. Let's see what he does with the devastation. I say the hurricane was one of many judgments to come on the Biden administration. Right now, from what I've heard, there's been about a thousand people killed in Florida. Maybe more. They don't know. Houses have been wrecked. Flood inundation. Um. As a, as a cat, 
five plus hurricane with sustaining winds of 215 to 220 miles an hour hit the tip of Florida and just and yet they're saying this season is going to be the worst season in history for hurricanes. Normally hurricanes hit in June and July and August. They're hitting later, and they're still having temperatures in the excess of 80 to 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Over the summer, California Nat was in the 100 index, triple digits, virus raging, and heat. And of course, the Midwest, and, and that way, it always gets hot. what's even worse is the persecution of believers in the United States happening right now. According to Biden, anyone that goes to church is a mega believer or a mega lover he wants to put in prison. I had the same thing happen with the Democratic National Convention coming in here trying to sway me to vote. I'm a federalist. federalist. I went federalist Republican. I'm not voting for a Democrat that I don't like. He sends bile in my throat. I'm ready to puke at what he does. And I will say, bearing false witness is quite in his favor. Um, I've had enough of intolerance. I've had enough of the bigotry, enough of the Nazi neo garbage that he pumps out on a daily basis and I can do recordings where you can hear him spew his garbage. I mean he spews it. They all spew it. Even Pelosi spews it and I'm sick of it. The last recording I listened to on Facebook nearly six months ago Lightfoot was being questioned by a independent voter that had his own magazine about a 600% increase in deaths where she's at. Meanwhile, Whitmore, Cuomo, and others are simply vanished off the scene. Meanwhile, Biden is torturing Trump. For what reason? I have no idea. They went into his more largo estates without permission and did what they did. And now the FBI agents are being arraigned for because they didn't have a subpoena or a warrant for arrest. They just go in without costs. Interesting. I was arrested without Miranda rights. Because I'm a COSA leader. This is bad. What next? Are they going to arrest a child? Think about the border right now. And these sanctuary cities. I believe children should be taken care of. But they shouldn't be given sanctuary cities for phenol. Barbital. Phenol has formaldehyde in it. And most of these Democratic conventioners take phenol. 
Do they know phenol is what's used for embalming bodies? Interesting. A person that embalms bodies has to wear a mask and special hazardous clothes. If I get around to do a fetal pig, I have to wear a mask. Think I'm a scientist. I don't know that. That's why I step away from the, co the uh, medical community because of COVID. I don't want to bring COVID back to my family again. And they are my family. There's been things that has been told by the World Health Organization that said COVID couldn't be translated to animals. And now it's coming out that COVID bounces from humans to animals and back as black horse. 2.75 black horse. It not only has that, but it has fluorocon, AIDS, and other things in it. It's sexually transmitted now. Oh boy, what next? AIDS 5? N1H116? Who knows? Well, I'm going to say God bless. Pray for our Israeli brothers and sisters. Peace over Israel. Pray for Jerusalem, what's to come. Believers need prayers. And most of all, let us all fall on our knees and pray for those believers in Florida that has no homes right now that won't get FEMA. I love you guys. I care for you guys. Hmm. Amen.